Hey, dear saints, you're listening to Preaching Christ Crucified on Double-Edged Sword. Sermons from Pastor Kilgo, preached at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. We pray that as you hear God's word, you would be strengthened in faith and love and rejoice in the joy of the Lord's promises and kindness. Who receives this sacrament worthily? Fasting and bodily preparation are certainly fine outward training, but that person is truly worthy and prepared who has faith in these words, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. But anyone who does not believe these words or doubt them is unworthy and unprepared, for the words for you require all hearts to believe. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, the blessed sacrament on the altar is one of the great treasures of the church. Our Lord Jesus gives it to us so that we would stand forgiven before the Lord, so that we would be strengthened in our faith, so that we would be encouraged in our lives of holy living, so that we would be aided in living in service and love toward both God and our neighbor. This is, in fact, if you remember your catechism, uh, what we confess in the 18th question of the Christian Questions and Answers in preparation for going to the sacrament. Finally, why do you wish to go to the sacrament? That I may learn to believe that Christ, out of great love, died for my sin, and also learn from him to love God and my neighbor. The blessed sacrament of the altar is also given to us, especially for this purpose, that being forgiven of our sins, we would live then eternally with God, both here in this life and there in the life to come forever. As Jesus has reminded us this evening, I am the bread, the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. However, there is a great danger in the sacrament also. As we heard previously, one of the terms used to describe the blessed sacrament is that of medicine. As St. Ambrose says, because I always sin, I must always have the medicine. And elsewhere, we refer to the Blessed Sacrament as the medicine of immortality. And just like any medicine, if taken improperly, it no longer does you good, but instead it does you great harm. Medicine, which is designed to sustain life, instead can take it. This is what, in fact, we see happening at the church in Corinth. The people there had been receiving the Blessed Sacrament in an unworthy manner. Some had received it without examining themselves. Some had received it without instruction. Some had received it without faith. Some had received it as a meal, engorging themselves on it, and thereby causing others to go without. In one way or another, the reception of the sacrament in Corinth had gotten so bad that it had actually caused illness and even death of those present. St. Paul writes, whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of profaning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. 
But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned with the world. What was supposed to have been happening with the Blessed Sacrament in Corinth is that the people of the Lord were being gathered there and receiving the gift of God as both medicine for their souls and as an outward expression of the internal unity that they had. But that unity had been broken. Instruction and examination had been lacking, and so the people there, instead of being strengthened by this gift, were hurt by it. We see the root of this problem in how St. Paul begins his instruction to the church at Corinth. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree, here literally, all speak as one, and that there be no divisions, no schisms among you, but that you be perfectly united in the same mind and the same knowledge. This is the background of all the issues that St. Paul will then address in the church in Corinth, and it is no different for us. When we gather around the altar, that is to be after our being gathered around the truth, after we are gathered in our speaking as one, shunning schisms, thinking the same things, and knowing the same things. Then and only then, when our internal unity is established by the Lord in his word, are we to express that externally in the sacrament of the altar. Because communion with one another and God is not what makes our unity, but it is the expression of it. By coming to this or any other altar, you are stating that you are in agreement with what that church teaches, and from this flows the ancient practice going all the way back to the earliest days of the church of closed communion. We don't really have time to go into all the nuances and details and history of closed communion. There's entire books written on this. Uh, if you want to know more about the practice, talk with me after the service, and I can point you in a good direction. So this is then the, the first note on the sacrament, that it is the external expression of our internal unity. But there's also another aspect of receiving the blessed sacrament worthily, and that's where we get our catechism text. Who receives the sacrament worthily? Fasting and bodily preparation are certainly fine outward training, but that person is truly worthy and well-prepared who has faith in these words given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. But anyone who does not believe these words or doubts them is unworthy and unprepared, for the words for you require all hearts to believe. There's a temptation when it comes to the sacrament that because we realize we are not worthy to receive this gift, as we've been praying in the collect of the day throughout the midweeks, because we're not even worthy to have the Lord come under our roof, we think that we need to make ourselves worthy by our own works. Now, to be sure, as Luther notes, fasting, bodily preparation, these are fine outward training. Fasting is, in fact, good for us. We should remember the Lord commends this and expects this of us. The discipline of the body and the mind are good for us, and they only serve to help us to receive the sacrament faithfully. This is why there's been all sorts of various traditions revolving fasting and bodily preparation in the history of the church, such as fasting on Sunday morning, so that the first thing that you receive in your mouth is not earthly bread, but the bread of life which has come down from heaven. And that's certainly good and godly outward practice, one which strengthens our piety and our faithful reception of the Lord's gift. But 
It is not what makes you as a sinner worthy to receive this. What makes you worthy is the faith which these words give to you, given and shed for you, and particularly those last two words, for you, which make the entirety of the difference. If Christ's body is given and his blood is shed, but it's not for you, then it really doesn't do you any good. If Christ has died and been raised, but that work was done for someone else, you have no benefit from it. And so our Lord makes this important note, given and shed for you. And then even more than that, not just for you generically, not just for you to think about, but for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And so you are not worthy to receive this gift because you're strong or because you've done enough good works or because you've willed yourself into God's good graces. That, in fact, can never be. Even our righteous deeds are as filthy rags before the Lord. Dear saints, you are worthy because the Lord has given you faith in trust in what he has spoken to you. You are worthy because Christ has given his body for you, and he has given you, through his word, trust in that fact. You are worthy because Christ has shed his blood for you, and he has given you, through his word, faith in that truth. You are worthy because you are died for by Jesus, and because you believe that, and because you live in accordance with that reality. Lord, it is true that we are not worthy that you should come under our roof. Yet we are needy and desirous of your help and grace, that we may become godly. Therefore we come in no other confidence than that we have heard the sweet words with which you invite us to your table, and tell us who are unworthy that we too have forgiveness of all sins through your body and blood, which we eat and drink in this sacrament. Dear Lord, your word is true. We do not doubt it. And on this basis we eat and drink with you. Let it be according to your will, and words. O bread of heaven, my soul's delight, for full and free remission, I come with prayer before your sight, in sorrow and contrition. Your righteousness, Lord, cover me, that I receive you worthily, assured of your full pardon. In the name of Jesus, amen. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to Preaching Christ Crucified on Double-Edged Sword, sermons by Pastor Kilgo at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. We'd like to invite you to join us for church, Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We also have Bible study at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings and at other times throughout the week. Please visit our website at redeemer-lawrence.org for more information. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.